What I share today may sound harsh. I'm going to give you a perspective of looking at how to lower your pollution from the perspective of someone who has lowered his footprint by over 90%, found joy in it, and however harsh it sounds, I put to you that when you get to the other side of it, when you yourself have done this for some time and you find your life deeply rewarding and you regret having taken so long and you look back at what was I thinking, what was I doing for so long, you will be glad to have this view and you'll struggle to figure out how you can share it with others. But I'm going to share it with you. And I can say it now because people are increasingly coming to me and saying, Josh, how can I lower? People are actually coming to me and not just saying lowering their pollution. They're asking me, what do I do about flying? How do I lower my flying? A couple of years ago, people wouldn't consider it. Even in the pandemic, people, they weren't choosing not to fly. They were forced not to fly. But now people are considering choosing not to fly. Why is this coming up? Partly because around here, you know, the other day I came home and I decided to go for a run because it was so warm. It was 56 degrees, maybe 60 degrees, which I think is 14, 15 degrees Celsius. And I went for a run in shorts in December in Manhattan. And when I was growing up as a kid in Philadelphia, not too far from here, and I think most of the, more of the country lived in the Northeast or in the North, not so much in deserts. And there's a song, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, talking about the white meaning snow for Christmas. And I remember commonly there'd be snow by Thanksgiving. And I do remember some snows in Halloween in October. This weekend, it's forecast to be at least 65 degrees, maybe 70 degrees, less than two weeks before Christmas. 70 degrees. I think that this is leading people to realize that it's dawning on them. For Americans, that is. The global South has realized this long ago, that the projections are much more serious than they internalized. Now, they heard the projections of warming and sea level rise and things like that, but I don't think they internalized it. But now, at least around here, people are realizing that their world is going to be rocked. Maybe they realize that this is actually going to be the coldest Christmas or the Christmases for the next few decades for 10,000 years and that billions of people may be displaced because the plants are all out of whack. I think they see that the plants are staying green for too long. That's got to mean that crops are going to be affected. I think they're finally realizing. This is stuff that I realized. I was being told this stuff when I was a kid in the 70s, in the 80s, certainly reading about it in the 90s and 2000s. And Anyway, it's old news to me. And maybe they realize that you can't move billions of people there's going to be billions of climate refugees and you can't move billions of people without serious suffering. It's not like the countries in the North are simply going to accept more people into those countries than are in those countries now. They're going to block it off. There's going to be wars over resources. If billions of people are displaced, on the order of billions of people are going to die. Not all of them are going to die, but a lot of them are. It's going to be a lot of suffering. So I think that's leading people to realize I better act. And so they're coming to me and saying, Josh, what can I do to pollute less? You've been doing this. You're a role model. Help me out. A few of them are even talking about reducing their flying, which no one talked about before. For years, no one would consider. Even in the pandemic, they wouldn't choose it. They had to not fly. And as soon as they could, they were right back flying as they used to. And I think the numbers, if you look at the number of flights flown, I think it's back up to pre-pandemic levels. If not, it's pretty close. And all those people during the pandemic were like, oh, it's a real change here. It's forever. No, that's when their competition wasn't entering markets, and so businesses didn't feel they had to expand, and when people didn't see in their Instagram feeds pictures of the beaches and so forth. And once that happened, once their environment changed back to the way it was before, they're back to flying again. So here's the harsh part. Here's the, well, I think it'll sound harsh if you're not used to lowering your pollution, but I think you'll find it later you'll wish you'd gotten this earlier. 
People tell me their life depends on these polluting activities. How can I see my mom again? My family's overseas. I married someone from another country. We have to go back and forth. What else can we do? And they just think of it as like a standard normal thing, which it was in their defense. For generations, this country, this world felt flying was good. There's no other side to it. So here's the other thing in the news. In Manhattan, they just took down, I think in some municipal building, a statue of Thomas Jefferson. He was a founding father, helped write the founding documents of this country. Should they have taken it down? Why did they take it down? They took it down because he owned slaves. For whatever good he did, he owned slaves. There's no question whether it was legal, people around him considered it moral, that is, the free people. But ask any of them, would you prefer being yourself or a slave? I think everyone knows everyone would choose not being a slave. There's no question there's something wrong with owning slaves. I understand that he inherited them. I don't think he asked for them. He certainly didn't create the system that he was born into that said slavery was good. Owning them allowed him to spend more time with family. Look at what it enabled him to do. As people tell me with their flying, a lot of people tell me, yes, of course I fly and it pollutes, but I do so much good that it actually reduces pollution overall, which is specious, fatuous, self-serving, non-logic. But it's in their heads and that's what they feel. And I'm pretty sure that that's what the slave owners felt. Probably Thomas Jefferson felt. It enables me to go off and help found a country. Should he have let go of the slaves? What should he have done? What would you do if you were him back then? Should you have sold them to someone else? That would, then you wouldn't own the slaves, but then you would make the money and the slaves would remain slaves. I think you have to conclude that he would have to free them. Now, maybe he would work with them of what to do. I would hope that he would help them if he were to free them. But what if freeing them bankrupted him? I mean, he's got this asset from one perspective that he loses. What if it left him with no way to contribute to the world? Might we have had not the constitution that we do? Or maybe we would have had a better constitution. But what if the slaveholders who released them were no longer represented and the slaveholders who held them stayed there? What I'm getting at is that I think he could easily have said, me releasing my slaves, it wouldn't change the system at all. What would it have done? Do you see the parallels? I'm going to get to a bit more, but do you see the parallels with what people are saying about their flying, helping others? That they feel like, if I can't do my life, what good does that help anyone? Well, what would you do if you owned slaves if you were back then? We see with clarity, total clarity, the problems with owning slaves that they didn't back then. And there's no question in my mind that future generations will look back at us with total clarity. And they will not look at envy with our flying around at, at whim, but with horror at not considering the other people on the receiving end of that pollution. I've mostly been talking about family members, but what if your reason for traveling is work, not family? Well, instead of Jefferson... Consider some guy in 1800 in an empty slave ship in Africa. He owns a slave ship. It's empty. He's on his voyages to collect human beings in Africa to bring to the United States to sell them. He's got investors. He took out mortgages. It was a legal deal. He's got a family to support. He's got investors to pay back. He may even have believed that he was bringing backward people to civilization. Now, you might not think that way, but he might have. And the way you think about fossil fuels... Think of what future generations may think about us. In any case, he's got an empty ship, and he's an ocean away from home. You've seen the pictures of how densely they packed people in the, in the ships. They didn't do that for their health. They did that because they had a business model that required them to bring that many human beings to make their money to stay in business. If he picks up a full load of human beings in Africa and brings them to the new world, then he can sell them and he can get his way back home again. 
So I put to you, if you're that slave trader in Africa, an ocean away from home, how many slaves is the right number for you to put on your boat to take to the new world to sell so that you can get back to your home in England or Europe or wherever? Is it just enough to get the profits to get back? Is it a full boat? Is it zero? Is the right number zero? Is the right number of other people to hurt for your own getting home, for your getting to do what you want? Is that number zero for that person? How many people should he hurt to benefit himself? How many more flights should you take in your life? How much more meat should you eat? How much more plastic should you use? Do you wonder if your actions hurt others as a slave owners would hurt others? Because there is no question that polluting hurts people. And let's say for the sake of argument that no matter what you do, your actions will not change the system. It will only change your personal effect on people. I had to struggle with these questions and challenges when I chose to avoid meat, to avoid packaged food and flying. A lot of people seem to think, oh, it's harder for me than it is for you, Josh. You just don't understand. I don't know why people would think it was easier for me or that it's harder for them than for me or for that matter for Thomas Jefferson or the slave trader. It wasn't easy for me. And if you stop and think for a bit, you'll probably realize that people will think it's easier for you and you'll realize if they say, oh, it's hard for me, but not for you, you'll realize how insulting and dehumanizing it is of your struggle for them to think that. So you may see how, sorry to say it, but how ignorant and insensitive you are being toward me or to Thomas Jefferson or that slave trader, unless you also are living the life that you think he should have lived with not hurting people for his benefit. When we know that our polluting hurts others for our benefit. Now, I'm pretty sure that everybody or almost everybody listening to me has said slavery and pollution are not the same thing. Of course, they are not the same thing. And you might say fairly, Josh, you have no idea what it's like to be a slave. You haven't been in a community like that. And if you have been a slave or if you've known someone who's been enslaved, please contact me because I would like to learn at least to hear something like that. Growing up in the 1970s, a generation and a half or so from World War II in a Jewish day school, I was told over and over again, Hitler would have killed you. And I have friends and neighbors who are Jewish who barely got out, who got out with, with seconds to spare. I've heard their story somewhat. It's not exactly the same. If you can help me understand anything I'm missing, please do. In the meantime, I can tell you this, that history will view you like we view the slave owner, no matter what your skin color is today, no matter what you say you would have done back then. And of course, there are many differences between the system of slavery and the system of pollution. But I will tell you the biggest difference between that system of slavery and our system of pollution today is that our system today produces much more, much more suffering and death. It is off the charts compared to the Atlantic slave trade. Last year, 9, 10 million people it's at 8 million, 9 million. It's increasing just from breathing air, not smoking or doing something dangerous, something they cannot help doing if they want to live. It took the Atlantic slave trade centuries to reach that kind of number. And that is only one way in which people are suffering and dying right now because there's all sorts of other pollution and there's global warming, there's deforestations, there's extinctions, there's biodiversity loss. There's all these other effects that are increasing and it's going to increase a lot more. I already told you, we're looking at billions of people suffering from being displaced. And that's going to mean 
It's on the order of a billion people dying in pain, in suffering. Slavery is not even close. It's got a moral element that's different of intent. But I think if you look back at the intent of people back then and look in their hearts, I think that you will tragically see something very common with what's in the hearts of people today. People today think that they're doing good and they're just not counting the part that's hurting someone else. Oh, that's someone else's problem. That's someone else's fault. As harsh and difficult and bitter a pill as what I'm saying is, I believe that the liberation and the freedom that you feel on the other side of this difficulty of facing, we are lowering Earth's ability to sustain life and we're at the maximum, which means people are going to die. And actions that I do contribute to that. When you get on the other side of seeing and accepting, I'm doing this is realize that you have power to do something about it. You can change yourself. And if you can change yourself, you can change others. The biggest effect is not the marginal difference in how much you release, but the effects you have on others. That's influence, that's leadership. How much you affect others. It's not fair. We didn't create this system. We didn't ask for it. We were born into it. People before polluted like crazy, not thinking or caring how it would affect other people. We are now those being affected. We are also affecting others. This is not fair. If people generations before did not create the system that we were born into, there's no way that knowing what we know now, we would have created that system. It's just not fair. They didn't know what would happen later, so it's hard to blame them. We didn't ask to be born. We want to help the people being hurt. We don't want to hurt them more. But all of that counterfactual view doesn't change that we do live in this world, that where we act we can choose not to pollute, and that may be difficult, as difficult as it might have been for Thomas Jefferson. And what would you have done if you were him then, or that slave ship owner? That's what I propose you consider doing yourself now. What would you do if you were a slave trader, stuck in Africa, when suddenly it hit you, slavery is wrong? Do you still buy human beings? It's painful to say it. Do you buy human beings and ship them across in chains and sell them to others to torture them until they die? Or do you say, I got to figure this out, but that's not what I'm going to do. Do you figure out a way home from Africa? Do you figure out how today not to pollute? At least do your best. Yeah, it's hard. The world we live in, we didn't ask for. And we're here. Now, the flip side that no one tells you, and this is why I think that you'll wish that you had done this earlier, to face these issues earlier, is that when you live in more harmony with nature, it's a better life by your standards. You'll be glad. You'll wish you had changed earlier. You won't look at all these years as progress. Oh, we can fly all over the place. You will look at it as a wrong turn. We made a mistake. We've made a lot of progress in history. And we've made a lot of non-progress in history. As long as we confuse it as progress, we're going to miss what we consider the unwanted and undesirable side effects that maybe we can just get rid of. That's an essential. We can't fly without polluting. It can't be done. Not across oceans anyway. If you look at the numbers, there's no such thing as green growth. Well, I don't want to get past that. I just want to keep it personal of people are coming to me and saying, I think it's time I got to stop flying. I at least got to cut it way down and see where I can go from there. And they're asking me for advice. And they're saying, but Josh, I do want to stop flying. But what am I going to do about my mom who's overseas? What about my kids who are overseas? What am I supposed to do? I'm not from this country. What about my job? What about all the good that I'm doing in the world? Like Thomas Jefferson. Well, what would you do if you inherited slaves like Thomas Jefferson did? What would you do if you went into a business and you were in Africa with an empty slave ship 
and you could buy new human beings, painful as it is to say it that way, would you free the slaves if you were Thomas Jefferson? Would you not buy new human beings? Because that's how history will see us. They didn't see themselves with the clarity that we do because they were in it. They were benefiting from it. And we don't see ourselves with the clarity that future generations will because we are in it and we're benefiting from it. We feel that we're benefiting from it. And when we stop, we will realize we were not benefiting from it. And for that matter, when I say future generations, it's us today, not even our kids. It's us today. But that joy, that feeling of reward, that part I can't convey to you, but you will feel it after you commit and live more sustainably. I dropped 90%. I got more to go. When you do, you'll be glad you did. You'll wish you had earlier. You'll say, Josh said that harsh stuff, but now I feel it in my heart and I wish I'd felt it earlier. And it wasn't harsh. It was, I believe you'll say, liberating and freeing.